Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. David was then in the stronghold and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with, a lo- with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. I'm thinking, okay, let's just imagine you're one of the three mighty men. He said he wants to drink from Bethlehem. Hey, we could pull this off. Let's go. And they go and bust through and they bring some water back and David throws it on the floor. What would you be thinking? Dude, either I'm missing something or or you don't like it or what? We did all that for nothing? Uh, Let's look at what's going on here first. We got to get the the picture. First off, observation is the first requirement to understanding the text. You have to observe what's going on. If you don't observe properly all the information you're given, you'll never come up with the right answer. So let's look at what happened. Notice it says that David did not just cry out for any water. If he wanted simply a drink, he could have said, somebody get me some water. Here's you some water. He probably would have drank it. But what he did, he cried out for specific water. He longed for the water that was in Bethlehem. Why specifically Bethlehem? What's so special about Bethlehem water? Does it taste better than other water? So you got to consider where was David from? David was from Bethlehem. Now, at the time of this writing, David's rule did not extend into his hometown of Bethlehem because verse 14 says there was a Philistine garrison there. That means the enemy took something away from him. That means the enemy stole from him. You ever have the enemy steal from you? Yeah, and you long to have it back? So you can see that David's hometown was overrun and he longed to drink from the well in Bethlehem, not because he wanted that water, because that water tastes better for some reason, but it was his expression that he longed for the Lord to return to him what the enemy had stolen. That's what he wanted. These three guys didn't understand that. Oh, he wants a drink. Let's go get it. And so the men took it that David literally wanted to drink that Bethlehem water. Perhaps they thought David didn't like the taste of uh, Jerusalem water, that hometown water was better. He likes that well. Let's go get it from that well. It must taste better. He really wants it. These three men did not understand that David was longing for the Lord's restoration. Lord, restore back to me what the enemy stole, what the enemy took away. 
And I think once David poured the water out, I think these three men would have recognized that David was trying to show them a picture, possibly, of Lamentations 2.19. says, Arise, cry out in the night, at the beginning of the watches, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift your hands towards Him. They're thinking, man, David really wants something bigger than just a drink of water. David's pouring of the water was an outer expression of his lamenting and his prayer, Lord, restore back to me what the enemy took away. And so by pouring it out, David's men would have recognized David's desire, not just for water, but for restoration, and also recognized how they had just been built up by the Lord's power to infiltrate the enemy garrison. I'm sure after David poured out the water, they got together and said to each other, you know, by the Lord, we can fight victory knowing that the Lord has the power to pull down strongholds. That's what a garrison is. It's a stronghold. The Philistines had a stronghold in a place that used to belong to David. And there's a spiritual parallel in this I'm going to get into soon about the enemy building strongholds in places that's supposed to belong to you. Okay? Well, they went in there and took it and restored back what was stolen. Now, the next passage speaks of another three men who fought bravely for Israel. These men are second rank below the first three men that we just read about. 2 Samuel 23 and 18. Now, Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeria was chief of another three. He lifted his spear against 300 men, killed them, and won a name among these three. Was he not the most honored of three? Therefore, he became their captain. However, he did not attain to the first three. Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand. So he went down to him with a staff, wrested the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and killed him with his own spear. (laughs) That's pretty rough. These things Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, did and won a name among three mighty men. He was more honored than the 30, but he did not attain to the first three. And David appointed him over his guard. So anyway, that was our list of second three. The second ranked guys under David that they fought for Israel. And next we have a list known as the 30. Now, be glad you're not me right now is all I got to say. If you look at this list, God help me. I'm not Hebrew. Maybe that's why Eve keeps asking me to take her Hebrew courses. I don't know. Maybe I should. (laughs) Here we go. Loosen up. 2 Samuel 23, 24. I can't even say brother. Listen to me. Azahel, the brother of Joab, was one of the 30. Elhanan, the son of Dodo, was of Bethlehem. Shammah, the Herodite. I say we go line by line. I mean it. Shammah the Herodite, Elika the, Her- the Herodite, Helez the Peltite, Ira the son of Ikesh the Tekoite. Anybody want to come up here and try this? Abizar the Anathothite, Mabunai the Hushathite, Zalman the, ah- the Ahoite. Ma- oh, wow. Mary, okay, skip down to third. No, I'm just playing. Mary the Net, oh, wow, Net, Netophethite. He led the son of Bena, the Netophethite, whatever. Ittai, 
the son of Ribai from Gibeah, of the children of Benjamin, Benaiah, the Pirathonite, Hidai from the books of Gash, Abai Elbon, the Arbathite, Asmaveth, the the Barhamite, Eliabah, the Shalbanite of the sons of Jason, Jonathan. See, these guys fought hard. They at least deserve the honor of mention, okay? They're in the Bible, so they fought well. So I'm going to do my best. Uh, where was I? 33, maybe. Shammah, the Herorite, Aram, the, uh, the son of Sharar, the Herorite. Eliphalet, the son of Ab- Ahazbi, the son of the Mechathite. Eliam, the son of Ahithophel. I can say that one. I, I know him. Ahithophel, the Gilanite. Hezrae, the Carmelite. Pere, the Arbite. Ilgal, the son of Nathan, of Zobah. Bani, the Gadite. Zelak the Ammonite, Nahari the Berethite, armor bearer of Joab the son of Zariah, Eri the Erthrite, Gareb the Ithrite, and Uriah the Hittite, 37 in all. Whew. Okay, give me a minute. Somebody bring me a chair. I need to sit down. <laughs> oh. Here's a list of David's select soldiers known as the 30. And I know that verse 39 says 37 in all. Contradiction? The Bible's not real. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. Wait a minute. I can address that. This is probably the fact that seven of them had died. And at the time they wrote it, we're down to 30. Hello. Easy done away with. Okay. Since we know that Uriah the Hittite died is what I base that off of. Because Uriah the Hittite, he was the guy that David had killed to cover up the uh, issue of adultery with Bathsheba, which is why I say it's actually 30, even though it's given uh, 37 in all, 30 because some of them were not living at the time they wrote it. So we have these guys that fought well. And you notice how Uriah was mentioned last His name was placed not somewhere in the middle, but it was last. This helps me recognize how powerful covenant is because now I really remember Uriah. It's like he was his last, his name was saved last to help us really remember what he went through. He really sacrificed for this list and to help us recognize how powerful covenant is that even though David himself caused a lot of damage in his sin, that he was still remembered allowed to remain under covenant now i know you beat yourself up all the time about things you've done or things you thought about doing or i'm really messed up the other day and why would god save me why would god keep it on me look at this list david said my house isn't so with the lord yet i'm under covenant anyway uriah got caught up in a snag he's got a special mention i did my best to say all these names of these guys but that's covenant guys covenant you messed up but covenant exceeds you it's bigger than you and the covenant was also bigger than king david it went past king david and got into his men look at of all the trouble I had reading these names, I did my best to read them because look at this huge list and these are all the top ranking guys of the kingdom. Look at what they were able to do. Guys that messed up. Guys that found themselves in bad situations just like you and me. Covenant. Covenant power. Second Samuel has been full of sin. It's been full of consequences. But the Bible's given us a bit of a recap of how the Lord still fought for Israel anyway. He still fought 
for a bunch of people that said, you know what? I'm going to do things my way. I don't need your way anymore. Smack, smack, knocked around. Oh, what happened? God says, get right. I'm fighting for you. Yeah, but I messed up, Lord. I know. I'm fighting for you anyway. Because I promised and I committed to fight for you. That's what he told Israel. Same with us in covenant with Jesus. And that's the peace that we should have in the Lord, is that despite how we messed up, despite man's deficiencies, the Lord God still fought for Israel and ruled Israel with his covenant king. Still ruled them. And that's the peace we have in the Lord, that when you get under the new covenant that Jesus made for you by dying on the cross, then despite your failures, the Lord God will fight for you because he is going to uphold his covenant promise despite you and beyond you. That is so good. That's what I'm seeing in the second Samuel. Amazing. He died for us on the cross. Despite our failures, the Lord will fight for you because he promises to give you eternal life. Eternal life is just probably, it's you will. It is a promise. It is covenant. But from David's story, we can see how he was taken from worst to first. He was taken from the absolute lowest of his culture, a mere sheep herder, and he was raised up to the highest of his culture, not just as king of Israel, but even the foreigners submitted to his authority. Friends, only the Lord can take a person from the bottom of the rung, the bottom rung of the ladder, and raise him up to such a high place like that. That Again, that's why we saw David, son of Jesse, but he was raised up to the highest place. Look at this big, big journey he has made. This goes to show us if God will choose to anoint a sheep herder as the king, royalty, he wasn't from royalty, but made him royalty to rule over his people with great authority. That shows us that any one sinner who will acknowledge him can be lifted up by him and you can be put in a, into royalty even though you don't come from it. That is the Lord restoring back what the enemy stole away, like David longing for that Bethlehem water. The enemy, Satan, took away our relationship, but the Lord God can restore it back. Now, I want you to see that any sinner who will acknowledge Jesus will be lifted up. You saw the lift up that David got from son of Jesse to lift it up on high. Look what Jesus said about us. John six forty, And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. Amen. You impressed with how far David got lifted up? You just wait to see what Jesus does with you. That's a huge one. <laughs> and Jesus didn't say, I might raise you up. He said, I will. I always cash in on I will, because that is a promise of God. Salvation is bound by covenant, because right before Jesus was taken away to be crucified for our sins, he told the disciples, this is the new covenant. They're thinking, dude, He's going to make another one? <laughs> we know about the Davidic covenant, but he's talking about Gentiles and everybody's going to make... He's going to make salvation a covenant? They're like, whoa, this is really going to stick. He's making it a covenant. And so if you ever start to doubt your salvation because of your own faults, always go back and read how God always upheld his covenants. 
in this case in 2 Samuel with David. He upholds his covenants despite David's faults. We should understand that the persecutors of God's people will be taken away and thrown out, destroyed like the thorns. And it's interesting how these two wicked men that David called, or, or that these, all these wicked men that David referred to as son of, sons of rebellion, like thorns thrust away, David said. These are guys that try to steal our covenant promise away from us. You will have people that you will think, can, they'll make you believe that covenant can be stolen when it can't. These sons of rebellion try to make you doubt your salvation. Jesus also said in John 10, 28, says, and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Nobody can stop this. Like we saw Absalom, he tried to cut down the covenant, he tried to stop the covenant, God hung him by his hair with a tree. Nobody can take away your salvation. Nobody's got the power to do it. God is above all of them. He cut off David's enemies, but then the Lord empowered David's men. That long list of guys that I struggled through like a son of a gun to get through. These were men that got under the king's authority. Therefore, they experienced impossible victories. When you choose to submit yourself to Jesus as your covenant king, you too will experience impossible victories. We need more of that. You have it accessible to you. Question is, do you believe it? I want you to believe it. You can have impossible victories. John 16, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have worry. No, that you may have peace. Peace. And I say it like that because I want you to have it. Peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I overcame the world. Yeah, there's tribulation. I've heard people say, no, we need to vote the right guy in because if we don't get this guy in, we're going to be persecuted. No, he said, you're going to have that. You're going to have it. So actually, when the trouble comes, don't worry about it. Be, oh, well, Jesus said it was coming. The word of God is true. Take comfort in that. He's overcome the world. But before we close down, I just want to say how everybody loves the sound of victory. That's the part everybody likes. Oh, I love that part. It's, they want that blessing from God. But mo- most people, though, the one, uh, most people that are telling you they're a Christian, they don't have a longing like David did. David had that longing, oh, if somebody could give me a drink of that water. They don't have a longing for any relationship with the Lord. They're, they're not longing for it. David wanted the water of Bethlehem. Of course, it made me think of the life-giving water of the Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke about to the woman at the well. I just had to throw that in there. It may not be the direct relation here, but I'm going to make it one, okay? John John 4 and 13, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. That is a great blessing. 
Not only does God grant us eternal life, but the, He also gives us the indwelling Holy Spirit now. It's like I said earlier, most people just say, well, I just can't wait to get to heaven. It'll all be fine when I get there. You've got the Holy Spirit now. Enjoy that now. Enjoy the victory of that now. I have been given covenant power by my king to go forward and do impossible victories. And that includes the power of the covenant that has restored back to me the relationship that the enemy had stolen from me that you also get to have. David had a longing for the water of Bethlehem, which is right where the enemy had established a stronghold. But the Lord enabled David's men to break through the stronghold. But I do see a picture here that if we will cry out to the Lord, he does have the power to break down strongholds and restore back to us what the enemy took away. Acts 3.19, repent, that means turn around, change. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That's your restoration. This world took my peace. Well, the Lord's given it back. Where are you you looking? David's men had the same covenant power of the king they submitted to. Let me say that again, because I want you to catch this. David's men had the same covenant power of the covenant king that they submitted to. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you get the same covenant power as the covenant king that you submit yourself to. 2 Corinthians 10.4 For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds. Do you know that truly under Jesus, you have the same covenant power? Let's tear that stronghold down. Knock it out. Friends, I have a longing for the taste of home. I have a guarantee, a deposit of that in the Holy Spirit. I got that drink of water already. And I want to ask many of you out there listening to me, do you? Do you even have the long at all? Because if you don't have the long I'm concerned about you because you aren't guaranteed tomorrow. Where are you going to be if you get called home today? Oh, I'll go to heaven. How do you know God's going to let you in? Oh, because I try to be good. It's not based on you. It's what the Lord Jesus, the covenant king did. You don't get saved by your power. You get saved by the power of the covenant king. Let's pray for uh, people to receive the, the Lord in the, in the true gospel. That heaven is not automatic. Heaven is eternal life. It is wrapped in covenant. It is wrapped in a a sacrifice that the Lord did. You need to receive the Lord because we are not good enough. Father, forgive me, I sinned. I messed up. My house was not so with God. Yet, you gave me a place to get under covenant anyway. And Lord, that does not drive in me a sense to go out and sin all the more. It creates a sense of thankfulness in me. And Lord, I ask you for that covenant power to go and make, to to knock down strongholds and have those impossible victories that I have always thought could never happen. Thank you for giving them to me, Lord God. We do it for you to glorify your name so that when people look at us and say, how did little old you do that? I'll say, the Lord God gave me the power to do it. Thank you for ruling in my life. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.